0: Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. So a funny thing happened on the way to the Cardinals making a change at head coach and their general manager of the last 10 plus years resigning. The Denver Broncos beat the Chargers yesterday, and the Cardinals lost to the 49ers. There we go. Which means the Cardinals are now picking third in the NFL draft. I just bumped into Larry Gatos, our friend and colleague in the hall. He's like, when's the draft? When's the draft? April 27th. Yeah. April 27th is the draft, and now your pick's ahead of the Cardinals because of all the chaos yesterday, and it was maybe no better drama than watching what was going on between Houston and the Colts yesterday. The Bears will pick first. The Texans will pick second, the Cardinals will pick third, the Colts will pick fourth. Right there's your draft so order. So it
1: puts Arizona in an incredible position to maybe get Jalen Carter out of Georgia, defensive lineman. They could still make a trade. We, we don't know what the Bears are going to do now. If you need, if you're a team that's picking after the Cardinals and you need a quarterback, you know you could try going to one, two, or three um, to get yourselves one of the top two. I don't think three. You know, I don't think both quarterbacks go one and two, but you never know. Right, You just never know. So, so the only way you trade with the Cardinals is if one of those two guys is there. One of those two guys has to be there, and then you're in a position to trade. So Chicago has a quarterback. They kind of like him. I don't know if they love him, but they kind of like him. Mm-hmm. Houston needs a quarterback. Now, if Chicago either takes a quarterback or trades that pick for a quarterback, and then Houston take, takes one, then the leverage is gone. A lot of the leverage is probably gone unless the, the unless Levis kid from Kentucky jumps yeah. up. But, but I would think that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are the top two guys. As long as one of those guys is on the board of three, you're in a great position to make a trade. But look, I said this earlier, and I truly believe this, I think it's a win-win for the Arizona Cardinals. Because if if, the two, if two quarterbacks go off the board and, and you're sitting there in that position to get the best player available that is not a quarterback, that's a win. Like, you mm-hmm. can't look at that and say, so oh, the Cardinals, that's still a win to me. You know, It'd be like having the first overall pick in the draft and, you know, and you don't need a quarterback. So I think that they're in a really good spot. And, you know, right now, obviously there's two players that are really projected. Um. To, to be like difference makers and that's the the Alabama kid Will Anderson Jr and then the Georgia kid uh, Jalen Carter. If you get one of those two guys you 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 there's no way you come away come out of this and say oh that's a loss for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean there's no question that with
0: the national championship game set to begin here in about 20 minutes or so and we'll join it in progress when our show is done. Starting in 20 minutes? I believe it starts at 5:30. Sure yeah. You got that taped. Um, right 5:30? Correct. Yeah. Thumbs up. Okay. Um There's no doubt one of the things to watch for tonight, if you're a Cardinals fan, is Jalen Carter. The, the defensive lineman from Georgia. I mean, he's yep. He's just an absolute wrecking ball. An absolute wrecking ball. And, and some believe he is a can't-miss defensive prospect at the top of the draft. And, and look, you and I have had, and we will have, because the draft is April 27th, lots and lots and lots of conversations about what the Cardinals should do. And I know you know I'm always a trade-down advocate. I, I feel like, especially with the situation the Cardinals are in, no, I get that, it. that they kind of have just so many needs and so many I, things to fill. You you know that a, a Trey Lance type trade, uh, you know, a that, that, man that just that just satisfies a lot of needs. But I will also admit that if you're if you're talking about the next Aaron Donald, right? If you're talking about the next elite pass rusher in Will Anderson Jr. and you're convinced that guy is going to be that good. You'd be nuts to trade the pick. Nuts, I I admit that you can't go trading that pick.
1: But if you do trade the pick and you end up with a first this year, a first next year, a second this year, a third now, like you know, you need a lot of players. Like you know, the the surplus of of picks would be great to have when you're rebuilding. You'd also like you know, you can make the argument. What would you rather have? Would you rather have that one dominant player? But listen, here's there's a lot more risk with that. If you miss on that guy you know there's less of a chance you risk on five you you miss on five guys but the other angle is what we talked about earlier like the Cardinals have a lot of good players, but they don't have that impact player. There's much greater chance that if you just keep the pick, you're going to be able to land that impact player, that great football player that could change your your fortunes. They around.
0: don't have enough impact elite players on the roster. They just don't, and, and that's why you know when when Michael Bidwell and you know respectfully we disagree when he says quote I don't know if we're as broken as people think. Part of the reason why I do think they're as broken as people think, they just don't have enough elite talent on the roster. They just they just don't. Um, the one elite, one of the elite players they have, they should probably work to trade this offseason in DeAndre Hopkins. Because so I think they can get a King's ransom for him if they want to. It does. Now, I personally believe quarterbacks are going to go 1-2 in the draft. I, I think the way this, sh- whether it's Houston moving up to one and the Bears trading out of two, or whether it's somebody trading up to one to take a quarterback and Houston staying a two and taking a quarterback. And I'm okay with that. And, and if it happens, it happens because I think one of two things will then happen after that. Either the Cardinals will fall in love with one of those defensive players and stay put and gladly take the best non-quarterback on the board, or a third quarterback will rise up, which you Usually happens during the underwear Olympics, right during the the combine and the pro days and all that stuff. And then the Cardinals could move what down a,
1: if they get get an offer. What a big first test for whoever the new GM is. Oh, There's two dominant players. You got to get it right because they're not going to be the same. Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. You have your choice, but you better get it right. Uh huh. Like one of those guys is going to be better than the other one. Don't miss. You better. This is your first. Here you go. Here you go. Because if we sit there. And halfway through the season... They take they take one say they take Jalen Carter and he's just okay and Will Anderson has got sack after sack you go like what the hell? like really <laughs> did we just get the wrong GM did we really just get the wrong GM Will Anderson's over here he has a freaking sack every game and huh. our guys you know <laughs> our guys struggling to play are you sure are you sure the Cardinals can't lose at this or you you, draft, just pay, you just painted a scenario yeah. where they lose Well you draft Will Anderson he's not getting any sacks and Jalen Carter's Aaron Donald Yeah they're like yeah, uh, no, okay. Like, okay. Are you, like, wrong guy. Yeah, you no, know, like, like, here you go. like, you can't get this right. You can't get this wrong. Like, you can't get this wrong. No. No, you can't, which is why it's you might not, be, We might fire a GM after one year instead of a coach after one we year. We just you went this from wrong. this being a no-lose
0: scenario for the Cardinals to, oh, yeah, here's a path where they can lose. Quarterback goes one, quarterback goes two. They get their pick of the best defensive player at number 3, and they pick the wrong guy. Well, maybe, both oh, guys are,
1: lose. maybe both guys are good, but you know one guy's going to be better than the other. Oh, sure, of course. You never think one guy's always better than the other. Oh, they're both great. I remember, maybe they're both will be really good players, but one is going to be the better player.
0: One's going to be DeAndre Ayton, and the other's going to be Luka Doncic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. No, I mean, it's say hey, you know what? Anything can happen. Uh, we are 18 minutes away from the college football playoff, and again, uh, we'll be joining that game in progress here just on just Arizona Sports. Sure I, taped it.
1: I always hate that that. But then they have this other, like, this this talk show thing. I always hate those things when they have, like... It's like ESPN has two channels. One's the game, and the other one is, like, people talking about the game. Oh, aren't, no, aren't they doing, like, five different game casts tonight? I don't like the ones where people... I, I just, well, show me the game. I, I
0: seriously think there's a whole bunch. I remember bunch. for the semis, they did, like, the whole... The command center or whatever it is, yeah. so you get the All-22, you get the broadcast booth, you get the overhead. It's insane. I think, I really think there's like six different variations of the game tonight, depending on what channel really? you tune in. Yeah, I, I believe so, yeah. Does anybody think TCU has a chance? Um, our former producer, Eric Sorensen, who's there right now, does probably. I would love for them to win. I would love for them to win. He ain't winning his game. I don't think so either. Eric, you, were you shaking your head no or yes, people think? TCU's got a chance. you got to believe. Uh-huh. And I think they're going to do it. Really? Yeah, why not? Because Georgia's really good? We're not going to put a, like, a car payment on it, but uh-huh. yeah, I'll hang my hat on TCU. Go you. Go you. Not me. Not me. When we come back, Sean Payton, surely at the top of every Cardinals fans list in terms of being the next head coach. Could another Sean throw a wrench into it? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Here we go! Quick! Yeah! Red Monday in Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Go, let's go, let's go! I have two years left on a contract with New Orleans, so 23 this upcoming year and 24. So because of that, any team that would want to inquire or speak with me can do so. They just need permission from the Saints. Um, And then down the road, if that's something that materializes into anything else, then there would be compensation required, much like a player trade. We carried the Michael Bidwell press conference earlier today to kick off our show today on Burns and Gambo. And Gambo, I thought you nailed it earlier. Most most of the Questions that were asked of Michael today were questions I wanted to hear him answer. Right, most of them were were the right questions. There was one that I think
1: got missed. Yeah, and, and that was draft pick compensation. Well, without without bringing up an individual like Sean Payton's name, you just asked a simple question like, "Would you be willing to give up draft pick compensation? Would you be willing to give up draft pick compensation to hire the right coach?" Mm-hmm. And that way, you're not saying Sean Payton. Michael could either say. Yeah, we'll do whatever it takes if you know to get that. And then you're like, okay, maybe Sean Payton's in play. If he says no, we're certainly not. You know, we, don't, we certainly don't want to give up our draft capital to go get a car. Like, so that would have been something that might have give us uh, some insight into whether Sean Payton would be in play for the Cardinals or not.
0: Yeah, Michael today during his press conference was certainly asked about Sean Payton and and didn't. W- would not divulge any specific names other than the two in-house candidates to which he's already spoken to for the general manager's job, Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson. Right. He was asked a question about Vance Joseph and said, we might interview Vance Joseph. We'll just kind of see how that goes. But the only thing he said that was basically about Sean Payton without being specifically about Sean Payton was whether he'd be willing to pay for the biggest name on the market. Here's
1: what he said. Well, what I'm willing to do financially is get the best coach and the best GM. I I, I, don't, I don't know the biggest name uh, correlates to the best coach, so I I, I guess what I would say is I, I definitely want to make sure that we get the best coach and the best general manager for this team and uh, get this team turned around as fast as we can.
0: And again, to your point, a good follow-up question would have been about draft pick compensation because that's the, the, the voice I played at the beginning of the segment, that was Sean Payton. He's, of course, a Fox analyst, the Fox studio show, and he did a one-on-one with Peter Schrager yesterday in which he was asked about the Denver report. According to reports, the Broncos have indeed asked permission for the Saints to speak to Sean Payton about their head coaching vacancy. He's allowed to talk to the owner, but he's not allowed to interview for the job until January 17th. And it's widely presumed that the Saints wouldn't have given the Broncos permission to speak with Payton unless the Saints knew the Broncos were prepared to meet their asking price in terms of compensation. There's
1: no reason to grant permission unless you've known that they would agree to your price. You know, that's the first conversation. Hey, can we talk to Sean Payton? You let's, yo, we got to take care of this, the business side of it first. Let's take care of the business.
0: Is, first things first. This is yeah. what it's
1: going to cost to get him. Are you
0: right. willing to meet that price? Because if you're uh, not, you do then all this the work are my house. Well, let's
1: here. talk about the price. Like,
0: what's the price going to be for you to do all this work
1: at my house? I need the price. Like, you need to know what the price is going to be. And I think, you know, you got to be willing to do that. There was that other report that the the Saints are expected to hear from the Cardinals yes. without Sean Payton. We don't know anything further than that. But that the Saints were expecting to hear from Arizona, asking for permission, because Sean Payton has put, look, he's done a good job. He's put a lot of hints out there about the Cardinals being a possibility. So I would imagine. But again, I told you this earlier. I draw the line at this year's first round pick. I'm not giving that up for anybody. You can't. I'm not giving it up for anyone. You just, you just can't. No. You, you can't. Even though.
0: No. At the. Well, let me just say this. Even though at the end of the day. Unless you don't want me to, at the end of the day, Sean Payton might very well be worth it. I mean, Bill Belichick was worth it. Sean Gruden was worth it twenty years ago. Um, When it's the number three pick overall in the draft, I just don't think you can do
1: it. I just got to stop right there. I mean, I could listen. You got to nail that pick, and if you nail that pick, and you know, you could have an Aaron Donald type player on your hands. Like, I just can't do it. Or if I turn that pick into five other picks, that could. I'll find another coach. Okay, Sean Payton, listen, as good as Sean Payton's been, how many years has he coached the NFL? He won one Super Bowl. Yeah. One. Guy yeah. won one Super Bowl. And we're assuming And you'll take the Super Bowl here. I of know course, that so Of the, course. Of yeah. course. But it's not
0: like that guy was winning the Super Bowl every other year. And we're assuming the price is a first-round draft pick. We don't know that for sure, but that has been the price in the past for guys like Belichick, guys like Cardinal's Gruden. The Cardinals' second-round
1: pick is close enough to a first-rounder. It's three picks off. Do You know what's too bad about it, too, is the timing is a little...
0: If you could... Trade the first round pick first, if that's what you were going to do, and get multiple first, then you might be able to go give them one in exchange for Sean Payton, but it's not going to work that way. You're not going to, you can't swing it like that. I think if the Cardinals are even in the Sean Payton thing, which I'm sure they'll do their due diligence, I think the biggest competition isn't going to come from the Denver Broncos. I think it's going to come from
1: one of three teams that doesn't even have an opening right now. Yeah, the Rams, Mm -hmm. the Cowboys, and the Chargers. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that there are possibilities that Dallas could blow out McCarthy if they lose to Tampa Bay. And that the Chargers could, if they lose to Jacksonville, could blow out Staley. And then McVay is just a real wild card. Man, it doesn't sound like the guy wants to go through a rebuild and coach. So if I'm the Rams, I'm like, like, it, doesn't, like it really doesn't sound like he wants to coach. No, you know what? Everything about the Rams
0: makes sense, except for that. Everything like uh, to me, the Chargers make the most sense. I mean, absolutely, hands down, the most sense because Justin Herbert. Because Justin Herbert you, you, in Dallas, you've got a meddlesome owner and Jerry Jones is going to be up in your mustache every day. In the Rams, you've got a rebuilding organization that's just about to hit maybe rock bottom now because they have no draft picks and they're all maxed out against the cap. The Chargers seems like a really good situation if it becomes available. Now the McVay thing is boy, it's getting loud that this might be it for him. I mean, like, to the point where Mike Florio last night on Pro Football Talk or on NBC said that he might step away. He steps
1: down, and there is a growing sense that he will. My understanding, it's not because of burnout or he wants to get into TV. He won his Super Bowl, and now he's looking at a multi-year rebuild that he just doesn't want to be a part of. And if he does choose to step away, think about the ripple effects that this may cause. Defensive tackle Aaron Donald almost retired last year. What would he do? And quarterback Matthew Stafford, who's had plenty of injuries, has a $57 million guarantee that fully vests in March. Will the new coach want Matthew Stafford or want to move on? A lot of questions beginning with, will Sean McVay be back? It's a it's, a, it's a rebuild. It's an old quarterback that's had injuries and they don't have a lot of draft picks going on. I don't, like. He doesn't want to be a part of that. And, he, and then he doesn't love coaching. Uh, that was my first reaction when I saw he that live last night. He
0: doesn't it, love coaching. If that's really why he'd walk away, because, uh, a rebuild, I don't want to go through that. Right,
1: you know? Because, listen, you want to be a, co- a long-time coach in the NFL, you're going to go through some rebuilds. Absolutely. Unless you're Mike Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> coach of the year, Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers. You should be the coach of the year. Oh, that's, God, that might have been that's, one of the most impressive accomplishments all of yesterday. I wanted them to, I wanted them
0: to win so bad he, and get into playoffs. They were, they were nowhere near five. I have to go back and look at their record. I think they were like three and seven at one point. 4 and 8 something like that for him to pull a winning record out of that. Yep. With that roster with, he's with great. Kenny Pickett. He's <laughs> Kenny Pickett to George Pickens. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It it that was a great shot. So we'll we'll see what happens around the landscape of the league, but I got to imagine for Sean Payton i got to imagine he's got his eyes on one of those three jobs, and maybe just one of those two jobs in Dallas or with the Chargers. I don't know what he feels about the Rams. but Well, he's interviewing with Denver, and he's interviewing with Denver. But but Denver's also cast a really wide net. They've got a whole bunch of interviews scheduled. They're going to talk to Harbaugh. They're going to talk to Raheem Morris. They're going to talk to – oh, who was the other one? Who was the other one they were going to talk to? I can't remember. Dan Quinn, thank you. They're going to talk to Dan Quinn too. Um, they're interviewing a whole bunch of guys, not just Sean Payton. So we'll see. We'll see where he ends up. But the Cardinals like to think he ends up here. I don't know. When we come back, now that this job, both of these jobs are open, just how attractive is the job that's coming up on the Burns and Gambo show? Thank you, bro. Thank you. So let's be the best. Let's be the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. John Gambo, R.J. Burns, hanging out with you on this Monday, this very newsy Monday. This morning, about 10 o'clock, we were informed that Cliff Kingsbury had been fired as head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. We are informed that Steve Keim had tendered his resignation as general manager of the Arizona Cardinals so he could concentrate on his health issues and focus on that. Uh, And his resignation is not just from the general manager's position. It's from the organization. He will not be back. And now, for the first time, I mean, really, truly, since... Ken Wiseman, Hunt, and Rod Graves were let go. The Arizona Cardinals organization, if unless I'm remembering it wrong, they are truly starting over. I mean, like, it's, it's Michael. And now, even back then, Michael had Steve Kime as the presumed general manager in waiting, everybody knew he was going to get the gig, right? Everybody knew he was Yeah, when he moves on it. from Rod Graves. Yeah. Mm. This this even feels even more different than
1: that. They are truly... Both. Yeah. yeah Starting both. from scratch. This is both. Yeah, okay, this goes... I mean, the last time was what? Probably Buddy Ryan? Yeah. When they gave full control and... Yep. Didn't Buddy have full control? And Buddy had full control. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time. <laughs> Long time ago. Yeah, Steve, look, Steve was here for a long time. Michael trusted him. Michael believed in him. There was there was some good years. The Bruce Arian years were good years. They were solid years. I mean, there was the Carson Palmer trade that worked out really well for them. The Chandler Jones trade that worked out really well for them. There was some. Steve always found a way to do some things to keep his job to to make Michael believe that they're headed in the right direction. They obviously didn't win, but they win one playoff game. And you know, since the uh, one playoff game since Steve Keim took over as general manager.
0: Two playoff games that they won since the Super Bowl loss. That was 14 seasons ago. They've won two. Super Bowl 14 years ago? Yeah, it was 14 seasons ago. Really? (laughs) Yeah, it was that long ago. (laughs) I counted. I double-checked it today just to be sure. I'm glad you said that about Steve. Look, I had become really disenchanted with Steve over the last couple of years and and how the decisions he made and and things like that. Early Steve Kimes? Yeah. Oh, my God. Gosh, he was so good at it. I mean, you. You think about Carson Palmer. You think about Tyron Matthew. You think about David Johnson. You think about John Brown. You think about Chris Johnson and John Abraham. Right. I mean, you think Flaferini. about through the early time time signings oh, where they he, find he, they, Cromartie. He, uh,
1: uh, that's right, Cromartie. Um, he was hitting him left and right. Who was the Who was the knocking uh, him out of the park? All of those time time special signings. I made a list. Cromartie, of some, Cromartie some of these guys,
0: Abraham. Um, um, give me a minute here. They um,
1: oh, give, me, give me give me a hint when you find it. Oh, defensive player, offensive player, defensive player. Oh, at cornerback, not Cromartie, not Cromartie. Another
0: one. Oh, give me <laughs> hint, Give me a hint. Uh, played. With Honey Badger, kind of that era. I right, just tell me, Gerard Powers. Oh, Gerard Powers. Gerard Powers was good. Yeah. Carlos Dansby was good. Jared Veldier was good. Jared Veldier was good, right? I mean, yeah. remember that? That I, I'm glad you mentioned that about Steve because because his first three or four or five years here with Bruce and the two of them working in tandem, that was money. I mean, and it all, let's be honest, it all kind of anchored around Carson Palmer to get Carson Palmer for a
1: song and for it to work out as well as it did. Just, well, a lot of people were shocked at that. Carson Palmer wasn't that good of a I quarterback until he got, you know. I know. And then he's got his number retired. He was year, shocking. say. It, it, <sighs> it was It was shocking. They didn't give up a whole lot to get him either. No, what was it? Sixth round pick? If oh, I remember right. Seventh or fifth? Six and I mean, seven, a six. Seven, uh, four, I have to go
0: back and look at a six and a yeah, seven, seven. Whatever eight. it was. It wasn't that much. No, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. So, so I, and, and you can't help. But smile when you think back to those early days, right, of B.A. And Steve, and Steve and stay in your lane and finding guys in the third round and the fourth round, finding time, time, specials, getting Carson Palmer for next to nothing. Now that we're clear of that and now that it is try- time to start over, how attractive is this job? How attractive is this situation? Draft pick, the organization, Kyler
1: very, and where it stands. Very, how, how attractive is very this? attractive. Very attractive. I mean, it's, it's, they, they have all their draft picks. You know, they've lost a couple, like couple late, late round ones with with the trade, the Robbie the Anderson Cody trade Ford and, and the Robbie Anderson trade. Well, like yeah. you've got your first round pick, your second round pick, your third round pick. You've got a top three pick in the draft. You've got whoever takes the job is going to be given some leeway to kind of get it get it right because we think it's really broken, which is a good thing. you not know, to come in with these expectations. You got to win right away. Hey, I'm gonna have to tear this thing down and build it back up. There are good players that are young. You got Buddha. You got Byron Murphy. Listen, I got to be honest with you, I kind of like what I've seen out of Trey McBride the last couple of weeks when he got an opportunity to play. Me too. You know, he got a first down oh. yesterday. He was kind of pumped up and he first down. Like he was like, I think that he may end up being a pretty good player. You've got the potential to trade DeAndre Hopkins for more draft capital if you do it right. Mm-hmm. Like you're in a good spot. I think it's a, I think it's an attractive job. You do have a quarterback. Unlike some of the other situations. Now it'll be up to, it'll be up to you to hire the right coach to get the most out of that guy. But I do think that you've got something at those you've got a quarterback that was a rookie of the year. He was the rookie of the year. Yeah. That he now has he come back from the injury? I mean we don't we don't know any of that but you you are in a position where you have a quarterback, and if in two years it doesn't work, you get you get out from under the contract and you move on. So much of the question, I think, is answered by Kyler. Uh, is answered by what version of
0: him do you get when he comes back? How motivated is he to change the things that he needs to change? How mentally free is he to play when he recovers from the knee injury? How long does that take? I I, I do think something you said though that really does make the job attractive is that I don't think there's going to be a lot of pressure on you right away in year one. I I, I think think there's going to be an understanding, and maybe I'm totally misreading the putt. I think there's going to be a real understanding that you're going to be in salary cap hell for the first year because you've got all that dead money you're going to have to deal with. You're you're going to have a lot of draft picks, either from trading down or trading hop or both or whatever. I mean, not that you're going to step back from 4-13, and but I I think everybody is going to acknowledge that year one is going to be a big-time reset set year for the organization and because of that I think you'll have time on your side if you're a GM, time on your side
1: if you're a coach I think that kind of makes it attractive too I think the other thing that's attractive is you don't come in with any you know false pretenses here. I have to re-sign Hollywood Brown because I traded a first round pick for him. You know what Hollywood Brown don't have him. Hey, you're under the contract for one more year. Play it. If we like you, we'll franchise tag you. We don't have to do. It. I'm not going to sign you a new contract. Yeah, you missed a lot of games last year. You've got a year left on your deal. Do you want to play or not? Like you don't have to come in and do some of the things that maybe the old regime would have felt that they needed to do. That's a good point. You want to come in? You don't like a player? Or you don't like somebody? Don't play him. Yep. Don't play. You don't have to. Again, the Hollywood Brown thing is the perfect example. You know. I think that Steve may have felt compelled, having given up a first-round pick, to make sure that you got him signed and under contract. The new GM comes in; he may say, "Listen, you're, I don't. I'm not going to sign you, you anything. Yeah, it's, s- I didn't bring you in here. My reputation. Well, I only got one year on left. You. you better sign me, or I'm going to walk. Okay, we'll walk. Mm-hmm. I can franchise tag you. I have options. I have options. Like if you have an unbelievable year, and we can't get a deal done. I'll tag you. You're not going anywhere. So you come in and you and you may not like it, but that's you know. Sometimes they need a hard ass. They need somebody like that, not to cave to player demands. On you know, listen, let's be honest. I'm, Kyler Murray wasn't going to play for five million dollars. Now you could have held his feet to the fire and seen what happened, but he um, was he wasn't, wasn't going to play for that and. I don't know if Hollywood Brown's like, I'm not going to play if I, you don't sign me. But again, I think the GM does have the ability to look at all these players. And he might not like Isaiah Simmons or Isaiah K. I I trade one of them. I can trade one of these guys. Sure. Or I can trade Trey McBride. Or I can trade. You could do so many things that he can do if he if he wants to because he's not held to anything that was done in the past.
0: It's a great point. It's a great point. I still think relative to the other openings now, I still think Denver's... Denver's the best, I think. I I still think Carolina's better. Um, Not because they don't have a quarterback, obviously. You like the owner. I like the owner, and I like the good young talent they have on the roster. I don't think Houston's a a bad job either. Um, I think...
1: Top two pick in the draft? I know. It's just their ownership...
0: That situation has gotten really messy and really sideways on them, right? I mean, like the last five years being a Houston Texas fan has been hard. Trading all your players away for next to nothing, not drafting well, Sean Watson, that mess. I mean, you've had, I mean, the, the, their issue is going to be who's going to trust the owner that has hired one and duns in back to back years. Now, it's funny. I was reading a story about that today, actually. The last time a team has gone four straight years with having four different coaches, the 49ers. Coach four was Kyle Shanahan. Remember Chip Kelly, Jim Tomsula, Tomsula yeah. Jim Harbaugh, right? They went four coaches in four years, and when they finally got it right, they got it way right with Kyle Shanahan. The Texans, there are a lot of people who think that that
1: job, they're going to have a hard time finding someone to fill it because they keep firing everybody. Right. And the Steelers have had three coaches since the 60s. <laughs> it's true. Seriously. It's true. Chuck Knoll, and then Cower and Tomlin. They've had three coaches since this. In my lifetime, they've had three coaches. Yep. It's nuts. It's nuts. The that's, ending... that's,
0: in, that's insane. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. In your lifetime, and you're not a young man, in your
1: lifetime, they've Who's, had three head coaches. Chuck Knoll's first year in Pittsburgh. I, I think like, I look it, it up. I think it's 50 years. I, I don't know for sure. Look it up. You looking yeah, it up? I'm going to look it up. All right, check I'm it out. One and 32, and I'm, I, I'll come back with it because okay. I don't really know. Exactly. Innings
0: Festival. You know, by the time I read this, you'll have it. Innings 69, first year. I was
1: like three. I was three years eh, old. Basically your whole life. In almost my whole lifetime, the Steelers have had three coaches.
0: They've had three coaches since the 60s. In my whole lifetime, they've had three head coaches. Innings Festival is back. That is nuts when you think about it. Innings Festival is back. It really is. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th. Weezer. And 26th. Weezer. Good band. That's a good lineup right there. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at Arizona Sports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Now that it's over, and thank goodness it's over, we can look back on just how miserable of a year it was for the Arizona Cardinals. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
1: Arizona Sports, the
0: local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? The National Championship game is on tonight. It's underway. You can hear it right now on ESPN 620, but you might as well just keep it right here because we're going to join this game in progress here in the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, TCU, I don't know if they went three and out, but they've already turned the ball over to Georgia, and Uh, Georgia's on their first drive. We're one minute and one second into the game, and TCU's already giving the ball back to Georgia. They're driving. They're already at midfield. So, um... Expectations are not high for a great game tonight.
1: Let's just be honest. Well, I would probably think that Georgia's gonna win this thing by double digits. I'd love to see TCU so would win, I. right? That so would, would be I. an incredible We talked about we talked earlier in the show that one of the comparisons that was made in a preview about this game was that TCU is kind of like the Bruce Snyder Rose Bowl team for ASU. I love that story so yeah. much. I read it. I got such a smile because it's accurate, right? Yeah, I'm Bruce, giving, you know, the Sun Devils had gone 21-23 over the previous four years, and then with Jake and Pat Tillman and Derek Rogers and Juan, Juan Roquet they, they went on a run. They, they had the win over Nebraska, and they charged to 11-0. and 0. They were second in the polls, and if they had beaten Ohio State... Uh, they were going to end up winning a damn national championship. It didn't happen, but that was like the comparison is, is that ASU team is as close to this TCU team as somebody can put together.
0: I love that comparison, cause, and this will just kind of demonstrate how long I've been doing this in this market. That ASU team, that Jake Plummer Rose Bowl team, still of all the seasons I've ever covered, still my favorite. I had more fun covering yeah. that team because I was lucky enough to even go to the Rose Bowl. I mean, I was standing about... 30 yards away from David Boston when he scored the touchdown. I mean, I was right there on the field when that happened. Um, I had more fun covering that team than I've had covering anybody else. And that includes the Suns of a year and a half ago, the Diamondbacks in 01, the Cardinals Super Bowl. I just that ASU team was so much fun. I was so it, fun.
1: it was I I was new to the valley. I was just you had just gotten here, right? Yeah, I was just guy had just gotten here. So that was incredible to be just move here and then I'm a part of that you know, that season where they go on and go to the Rose Bowl.
0: I hope TCU can give them a game tonight, but there is a overwhelming belief that George is just gonna just gonna roll in this Game on their way to their second of two back-to-back championships. We'll see. We'll be talking Which about is hard it more to tomorrow, do. tomorrow. Not All a watches? lot. Of, I mean, I no, think yeah. Saban's
1: only done it once. Yeah, it's, to win back-to-back national championships. Nebraska did it. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, but I think Saban has only done it once. It's not an easy thing to do to win back-to-back it championships.
0: Feels in this era of college football that it shouldn't be that hard. Like you think of Clemson, you think of Alabama, you kind of figure that it's been done more often. It really hasn't. It really, it really, it really, no. really hasn't. That it hasn't happened. That I think you're right. I think Alabama is
1: the one, but I don't think anybody else has, you know, I mean, Notre Dame in the 40s, (laughs) Uh, but Nebraska in the 90s did it. And in Alabama in 11 and 12, they went back to back. Um, like, but like you know, some of the great coaches never did it. You know, I mean, Bobby Bowden uh, didn't do it. Urban Meyer didn't do it. So a lot of the successful college coaches did not do it. So it is a rarity to go back to back.
0: Yeah, uh, we did get uh, real quick an injury update from the Suns that just sent it out for tomorrow's game against the Warriors. DeAndre Ayton, Torrey Craig, Landry Shamit are all questionable for tomorrow's game. Devin Booker's out. Cam Johnson's out. Chris Paul's out. Campaign's out. they gotta get some bodies I know you keep thinking they're gonna sign somebody they gotta get some bodies right I
1: mean some 10 right you would think that they have to get somebody a 10 day contract here or there something something just to get them through like that 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 difficult time that they were dealing. Now they should get three guys back re- pretty quickly, right? They should get three guys back. Um, just looking, I think Kim Payne Johnson and- is close. Campaign is close, and by the end of the month, you're probably talking about Booker being back too, right? Yeah, you're probably talking about Book being back at some point, but. You know Johnson Payne and Paul sometime later this month. I mean, books gonna be real you waited the final week in January. So, you know, if you could just survive the but the, the question is, what is surviving these three weeks? What does that mean? Because they just keep losing basketball games. Yeah.
0: They're fading and fading, fading.
1: Right. <laughs> National championship is coming up next
0: as Stetson Bennett just scored a touchdown there from Georgia. Is. They're up seven nothing. We'll yeah. see you tomorrow at two o'clock.
1: Have a good night, everyone.